to the store. So the kids hide behind the counter and uh, he goes to buy some hand sanitizer. Yeah, very apropos. And even though this was made before, right? So this isn't. Uh, but it's like, what else is he going to get at the bodega? The guy doesn't need anything. He's like not eating regular ass food. Like what else does he need in there? <laughs> yeah. I don't think vampires need hand sanitizer. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the final girl. Everybody, welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Terry, and this is I'm Julia. And this week we are talking about 2020's Vampires versus the Bronx. Title of this episode is Maple Scones Are Dope. Yeah, they are. They sound delicious. They are good. Uh, this movie was written by Blaze Hemingway and Oz Rodriguez, who also directed the film. Uh, oh. So this is a new release on uh, Netflix that they are giving us our their. 2020 version of vampire hunting and yeah this is i love what we it have. and with some homages to some of the old vampire movies throughout which oh, I, I totally a, adore a ton a ton adored yes. adored just like the kids trying to learn and so much good stuff but julia you were just telling me uh, that there's no uh tagline for this no modern movies don't have taglines what's going on i don't know <laughs> tagline game is weak here in 2020 i would like to see what 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 i mean but what would be a good that would be like i want something that's so indicative of the film that gives it the humor i don't know we I don't know yeah be what like do you bodega, guys think bodega vamps i don't know get the vamps <laughs> out of the bodega i don't know like <laughs> block party vamps yeah Ooh, yeah save the block party kill the vampires oh that's a good one there you go there you go written you're welcome guys you're welcome Come on, Netflix. You now owe us $3 million. Um, so that we start off right away where they really get into the vampire references off the bat with we have our Murnau properties, which, of course, F.W. Murnau directed Nosferatu. Uh, and then Vlad the Impaler is their logo. So they're like, OK, they're getting they're letting you know that they know what's up. But they've that done their like research. It's full vampire. Like it's in its full vampire company. So it's fun. I love the New York City skyline as we like uh, go into um, where you land at Becky's Beauty Salon and Zoe Saldana, oh, who I adore and love from Center Stage. <laughs> that movie's pretty good. I got to say, I watched it with skepticism in my heart, but then I watched it like, oh, I kind of liked it. <laughs> no, it's one of those ones that like stays with you. Like, honestly, like I do that ballet boogie like in my house a lot. And I live with a baby here at the house and he gets obsessed whenever we do it. And we put canned heat on and go crazy. So I'm just saying it's cross generational and everybody loves it. <laughs> Even the baby's all about it. <laughs> yeah, she popped up and I was like, what? She's in this movie? I was not expecting this. No. Um, and she's playing a uh, salon owner who is doing her last nail manicure ever on a very pretty blonde lady who just moved into the neighborhood. And is her last one she's going to sell. She's very excited. Everything around her is going being sold in a gentrification move here yeah, in the Bronx. Yeah, big gentrification mo moment for sure. 
so sad. But anyway, yes. So she's <laughs> she's really happy she gets to sell. Um, and she's selling to a guy who comes in, uh, Frank Polidori, who is the real estate agent making the deal. So all she's got to do is say, sign her name right there. She's going to be set to go to live in the suburbs. Sign her name but on the then. line, but it feels a little sketchy because you're like, ooh, why is this guy coming in at night? She's like, oh, it's the end of my work day. It's fine. Like, she's not even worried about it because it's the Bronx. She's like, oh, I'm cool. Oh, but there's like shadowy figures around behind her and it gets a little creepy. And then, boom, she's she not there bit. anymore. She gets, she gets bit. bit. Real um, good. So, so, this, so then I was like, oh, okay, this is like their their scream thing like where they have like their drew barrymore in for like the first five minutes and then it's like okay and now oh, we're yeah. moving on the superstar and i love that that's also i was so funny someone was tweeting the other day about the power of the and credit you know and a and a film like whoever is the and is like the the superstar that they brought yeah, in yeah. they may not be in a lot of the movie but that's the and she's mm-hmm. the and credit on this one and i was like a good strong and credit for zoe yeah. right there bisexual yeah, icon we love you <laughs> Um, so um, we so notice then, these missing person flyers all around town as these kids are walking around. And um, we meet Lil Mare, who I'm obsessed with, Miguel. He's the cutest little kid. And his nickname is Lil Mare because he kind of runs that that little area, his little his little um, neck of the Bronx there. Um, and he's trying to save very, the bodega. Very wholesome. He's very wholesome, right? He like looks like the good kid, yeah. Yes, it's Jaden Michael. He's very cute. And he's putting up flyers all over to save the bodega. Uh, the mm-hmm. Tony's bodega is uh, they everything's being bought out by these very upscale things. They don't want the bodega to go, so he's on this one man mission to save it, even though everyone tells him it's pointless, it's fruitless. Like, and I love one of the lines too. Someone even tells him, "Yeah, they're chewing up our neighborhood." And I was like, oh, "Literally, they are chewing up your neighborhood. Watch out!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. These these gentrification vampires are moving in. Um, and then we also get some fun little nods. Like, I love a little modern day nod of like the glow TV girl because it feels like an old timey, like in Scream, it was like the news lady, you know, coming around, like, you know, um, reporting on this. And so this is our modern day reporter is this like little influencer girl who's got her like live uh, 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 thread going on her live stream all day. Um, Gloria with her glow TV. And she's talking about what's happening this week. Um, and negging on the kids because these kids are trying to hit on some older girls and stuff and they're not doing well with it because <laughs> they're like 12 and they're trying to hit on like 16 year old girls because it's the thing is like at that age you know four years is an enormous gap like there's no way you can traverse that gap it's like but 10 then you years fast forward you fast forward five ten years it means nothing well it's, it's crazy like, how- it's the difference between puberty and not puberty too at that point yes. you're kind of just yes. like oh wow you're like a full-grown woman try and like this little boy's trying to talk to you it's like no 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 it's not gonna work but come back to me you know in a little bit when we're like 25 and 30 <laughs> like let's talk <laughs> <laughs> and then we also get introduced to so many one people in the neighbor- neighborhood i was excited to see method man as the priest hanging out here i was like what um and the older guys making fun of the little kids like chris red from snl is like one of the guys on the block making fun of these little kids trying to pick up on these older girls and you can just get fun mm-hmm. little um, neighborhood life uh slices of life here so we meet uh miguel's crew he also is friends with uh bobby carter and uh luis mm-hmm. um and they uh when we first meet luis he is um reading salem's lot which was great I was like, and he's the one, yeah, he's the one who's got, he's going to be your knowledge boy. So he's yeah. the one who reads and he's like, go, um, our, our nerd, uh, so to speak, because uh, they call yeah. him the Puerto Rican he, Harry Potter. He's <laughs> like one of the, he, somebody negs him he, that way. <laughs> he reminded me of Eddie Kasprak from It because he's got that like super nervous kid energy where he's like, you know, like everything makes him nervous, even though like before the vampires even arrive, he's already nervous about life. Well, he's already scared about everything. Like anything in the neighborhood kind of freaks him out, just everything around him because he's read so much too. 
too, I think because he has so much knowledge, he's like, you guys don't even know, like, what's going to hit you? What can kill you? Like, everything around you is dangerous. Like, it's watch like, out. It's like us. Or it's like us. It's like a rat. It's like radish, you know, where you're just like, everybody's around. You just got to be careful, man. You got to be, you got to be looking. So I feel like we're in a good plot, plot part because we look all the time, right? Like, we're already like a little bit. Anything crazy can and looking yeah. at everything. Yeah. And when something does happen, I'm like, people are like, are you surprised? I was like, no. Like, are you watching things? <laughs> like, people are legit crazy. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So we meet, uh, the boys meet Vivian again. Um, and she is very kind and very sweet and just moved in the neighborhood and like has this like sweetest little face. Um, and give, they give pretty her a bunch lady. of flyers. Yeah. yeah. Sweet, pretty blonde white lady. And they're like, oh, yeah. Hey. First, they're like, some of them are skeptical, but they're like, she's like a nice white lady. Like, she like even said hello and that she didn't want to gentrify the neighborhood and she's trying to be a part of the neighborhood and does her best to like ingratiate herself with them. But the kids are like, I'd already been talking about white people with canvas tote bags moving in. It might not be good. Mm -hmm. So we also meet uh, Henny's crew, who is trying to lure Bobby into a life of crime and the neighborhood uh, gangbanger, basically. Yes. Yeah. And they got a little crew and he's been talking to Bobby because Bobby's dad was also a gangbanger and had been uh, killed. Uh, so he is, doesn't, the mom doesn't want him to follow in the dad's footsteps. So the kids are like, what are you doing? Hang around with Henny, who's like 25 years old. And like, eh, nothing's fine. You whatever. Yeah. Like, and so mm. you get that he's probably looking for a father figure too. So I feel like it's probably filling that space a little bit. But the kids are wondering why, because they also have a really sweet figure in the neighborhood, Tony, who's the bodega man. And that's like their homie that they go and spend time. They play video games in the back of the store. It's kind of like their little after school club um, or their losers club, if you will. Um, and they hang out yes. there. Right. And like they hang out there together. And um, it's literally where they've grown up, which is why Miguel feels so drawn to want to save it too, because it's literally like someone's trying to take his other home away from home. Cause his mom works a lot. She's a single mom as well. And like he, um, they've all kind of, you know, like I said, lean into Tony as their father figure. So, yeah. uh, so there, there ends up being, um, an altercation between the Miguel and the gangsters and he ends up uh, running into and spilling his drink all over Slim, who is a giant scary man. He's uh, not Slim. Takes off Slim is him. big, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big old dude. And that's He's not the dude you want to mess with. Huge, right. That's called like the huge dude tiny, right? It's like Oh, ha, ha, ha. Totally. Very funny. Totally. So he takes off after Miguel. This is not somebody you want to catch you because he will basically just like crush you like a bug. He's enormous. So he ends up going into a garage, a parking garage, and Miguel gets away but is watching Slim as a figure approaches uh, whistling. So the th I loved this because uh, the thing that he is whistling through this whole movie is the Pierre Gint suite, which is what the killer whistles in M. Uh, the German film with Peter Lorre. So I was like, ah, I got. I did I not like realize. I know. I was like, I know yeah. the tune because I no because I I seen the Pure Get a million times, but I didn't realize yeah. that's where that what movie it was also into. That's great. Yeah, I watched M um, in college and loved it so much. So I've whistled that. I whistle that all the time, and I just like <gasps> wait for someone to like know. You can whatever. whistle <laughs> tune, Julia. I can't yeah. whistle tunes. That's my you weird can't? thing. I can oh. sing a tune all day. But I cannot whistle it. My dad whistles like beautifully. He like does full like arias, it feels like with whistling. Wow. And I can just like whistle to get at someone's attention, but I cannot whistle like tunes. So whenever oh. that's like in like a like, you know, a sweeter in music or something, I'm always like, oh, I can hum it. See? I Look did at us. So things we didn't know. I just things learned that new know. about you today. I'm so excited. Okay. Well, next time <laughs> I see you, I will whistle to you. I can't uh, wait. So this guy's whistling. <laughs> And then Slim comments on this guy's outfit too, like, "What you wearing, man?" Like, and he's like, "Oh, it's a belly park hand embroidered jacket." 
<laughs> and I was just like, oh God, oh no. And he's like, he's like, thank you. And he's like, I wasn't complimenting you, dude. Like, I, I don't care. Like, what, what the hell are you wearing up here in the Bronx? Like, he's like, uh... <laughs> See, but that's oh, the man. thing. That's the one thing, though. Like, I feel like, yes, I. But I feel like I live in. I've lived in a big city long enough that I wouldn't even care. Like, you could look like you don't anything. even question it sometimes like, because, yeah, especially yeah. in Hollywood, there's like, who the hell knows? <laughs> Whatever. People are wearing some fits, so, like some serious fits around town. <laughs> so I've never been one of those people <laughs> coming back with a red fair, like going to a bar, and they're like, ah, oh, milady. Anyways. <laughs> Um, so he bites Slim uh, up in the in the parking garage and drops him. Like, they fly up in the air while he's biting him, like, yanks him up. And, like, Miguel sees this, and his eyes are like, oh, like a Call of Cthulhu kind of moment. Like, his eyes do not want to believe what he is seeing, and his brain cannot connect it quite right away. But he's got to go share and tell somebody, because, like, this is crazy. So he runs so, to find uh, his he, friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, runs back to the bodega, and uh, just as he's telling them, he just ran into this vampire, and he's like not coherent, making sentences uh, in the van to the store. So the kids hide behind the counter, and uh, he goes to buy some hand sanitizer. Eh, very apropos. And even though this was made before, right? So this isn't. Uh, but it's like, what else is he going to get at the bodega? The guy doesn't need anything. He's like not eating regular ass food. Like, what else does he need in there? <laughs> yeah. I don't think vampires need hand sanitizer. And then the Eucharist, right? Right. But that's the, so, that's normal. Like, you know, yeah. the Eucharist and the holy water and the garlic and the mm-hmm. and the whatnot. Um, so they have this plan to go into uh, the Murnau properties and try to get some information about what is happening with this. Because uh, Miguel knows that they're at the heart of what's happening. Well, not just wanting to get info. Obviously, that's part of it. But he also wants to prove to them, like, the vampires can't do business during the day. So they're like, hey, like, we're going to go in there and no one's going to be able to help us. But, of course, they have, you know, a, like, very, uh, um, what do we call her? I don't know. Just very lackadaisical, also, like, off-putting <laughs> receptionist who does not want to help but, anyway. Yeah, the, the reception, the kind of receptionist who is annoyed with any customer that comes up, that kind of receptionist. Absolutely. And just, like, I don't know, like, she feels like... um what is it called? Not a golem, but like somebody who like maybe she's just being controlled by them too. She's just oh. not helpful. Yeah. Um, and so um, they are trying to get in there. And so they do finagle their way into a meeting with Frank, um, but not before they also lower all the shades in the place and make it completely dark. And they're like, uh, I thought we wouldn't be able to do any business, but now we're in here and now it's dark. Uh Oh, like we're going to be doing business with a vampire. Oh, God. <laughs> So they go back into mm-hmm. his office and unexpectedly he is very kind to them. And they say they have this, you know, block party coming up. They're raising funds for the bodega and he cuts them a check for three grand right there. And he's like, we're now properties. We want to really help the, you know, help the neighborhood. We don't want to hurt the neighborhood. We want to be part of it. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, until he. BS, 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 payoff, payoff, payoff. Right. <laughs> uh, until he also says like, oh, we also found this block party poster plastered over one of our properties that wouldn't have anything to do with you would it and starts to get very uh, something's going to happen but Luis fakes faints uh and bobby is able to grab a, a bag off the desk to steal because they hope that there's something valuable in there yeah, it- well it's like the bank bag you know those little like bank like you go do your deposits when you have a business so and it looks fancy but there's definitely some stuff in there and he grabs it like a good like little detective uh, yeah, and they get the hell out of there. <laughs> so it turns out in the bag was a uh, USB stick with plans for a gigantic vampire nest 
uh, which is what they know that the the so they and they also have a key, a very crazy looking skeleton key with yeah. act, I mean skeleton key in the fact that there's actually a skull on top. So yeah, it's a literal like skeleton, actual skeleton key, <laughs> a skeleton skeleton key, uh-huh. maybe skeleton, skeleton. That's being yeah. a good band name. Right, skeleton, skeleton key coming up next, right after thirteen stories of vampires, because the thing is thirteen stories, the building <laughs> with twelve coffins on each floor. I mean, this thing is very detailed, so they see it, and they also see that it's not only in that one spot location, which is the converted courthouse that they've turned it into, and they made it house like German house spelling the courthouse, but um. There's also like a bunch of other uh, plans for the rest of the neighborhood. So they see all the other like properties that they're trying to take over. It's kind of hilarious because it's like it's gentrification for vampires as well. It's like, oh, also, we're going to pack you in as tight as we can possibly pack you in into this neighborhood in this like because like all of the condos that come up now are just like so many. It's there's just like these tiny little things. And then literally a box. You're paying like a million dollars for that fucking box. Like it's insane. It is insane. It is terrible. Like the 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 question of space, um, and and what can we do? It's it it is hard, um, especially right now. Anyway, sad face. Um, but Bobby's um mom uh walks in on them because they're doing this search at Bobby's house, and his mom comes to the door, and she's like, and they quickly um close their computer, and she's like, oh no, I know what you guys are doing. She thinks they're looking at porn or something because you know, mm-hmm. uh, boys of a certain age hanging out together, closing a computer really fast, and a mom walks in the door. Who knows what's really going on? But she's um, planning to go meet with Mr. Polidori. And the kids are like, no, 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 you cannot. Like, please do not go over to Murnau Properties. You cannot go meet with this guy. And she's like, what do you mean? I need to get you out of this neighborhood, Bobby, because I see the path you're going down. You're talking to Henny, this gangbanger guy. Don't end up like your father. Don't do it. So, um, yeah. End up. Uh, so the kids go ahead and break into the courthouse because they know that that's where the nest is, and they find the nest. They're using their cell phone to shoot video as they're doing it, uh, and they go up and they open one of the coffins, and it's going to be fine because the guy's asleep until Bobby's cell phone goes off, and then he wakes up, and then they all wake up, and then there's like five. And they had already ribbed him about it earlier. It was a great payoff because they had been bothering him about his phone always. He doesn't put his phone on silent like a regular ass person. <laughs> Mine's not on silent so he wakes unless up. I'm like recording or stuff. Like, oh my god, mine is like on silent like ninety five percent really? of the day. Oh, yeah, I rarely have my phone. Well, on. I'm rarely uh, out just... anywhere with other people these days, so I don't think anybody <laughs> cares whether it's on or not. Sad face. Oh, <laughs> too true. So yeah, so these vampires all come up and try to like get them, but they can't because it's a daytime. So yeah. they're able to so escape and out. they go out, but then the cops show up to be like, hey. You're in trouble because you'd be breaking and entering. So they take him to Polidori's office to see if he wants to press charges. And the kids get a crowd together and want to show them the video of what they found uh, here in the nest. Yeah. So they show this everybody. Because like, huh? And Chris Red's like, I want to see what these kids are talking about because we got Glow TV there. She's reporting on it, so everyone's gonna see whatever these kids are coming up with. He's like, I want to see here about this Illuminati conspiracy theories these kids got. I want to hear the crazy shit, uh, the lines they have over here. I just anyway, I was dying. That part was so funny to me. Um, I'm here for all that. I'm here for all that Illuminati shit. And so um, they show the town and show everybody, and nothing there. Nothing on there. Like, what are we supposed to see? There's nothing on the video. But uh, Rita, who is the 16 year old that they've been trying to hit on earlier, was like, oh. Of course they don't show up. Vampires have no souls. And everyone's like, mm. yeah, they she's like they're, and yeah, they're like okay. She's like, yeah, they're not going to be on the mirrors, they're not going to be in videos, they're not going to be on photos. You can't do it. You can't take a picture of them. And so she gets it right away. Um but no one else does. Um but the moms get all mad cuz they're like, "Hey, 
did you show the kids Blade, Tony? Because this sounds like Blade shit. And they're like, oh, they figure out. So all the kids kind of get busted or grounded or whatever and like basically taken home by their moms um, because uh, they've watched Blade and that's why they think they got the ideas um, and as they go home. And I was just excited to see this is so random, the Van Leeuwen ice cream truck, which is also like kind of a sign of gentrification, but also delicious ice cream. They have one in downtown LA, but it's also in the Bronx <laughs> and in Brooklyn. And I was like, oh, product placement. I love that ice cream. Oh, also that is a sign of gentrification because yeah. that ice cream is such a gentrifying ice cream yeah. <laughs> chain, but it's so good. I, it's all vegan out of it. And <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, at the, I saw that van and I was like, I wonder if they realize what kind of product placement they're getting because it's not necessarily good product placement it's kind of like oh you kind of assholes come in and ruin everything kind of product placement but it's also product placement in a big netflix film so i felt conflicted but i was also like i really love that ice cream and i now i kind of want to go get some so like it worked (laughs) even knowing all of that anywho's away from the ice cream so paladari um realizes that um he can't find his key um, the skeleton, skeleton key, and that that stuff has been taken. He didn't realize that when he didn't decided not to press charges on the kids. Um, and so um, Penny mm-hmm, hits up Henny. Yes. Yeah. So yes, Frank wants. Uh, they realize that the kids have stolen the key and the USB stick. So they want Henny. The thing they had played. The plan was for the vampires to come in and no one would notice because they would quietly kill everybody and nobody cares about people in the Bronx. They think so. No one's going to care and they can just take over and be, be no big deal. But now the kids know. Now the kids are making noise in the neighborhood. So Frank is now in deep trouble. We realize at this moment that Frank is like their Renfield. Right. And I was like, oh, he's the Renfield. And like, he's the one who's going to have to do all the shit for them and be out in the day and do all their daytime stuff. So then I like that character a little bit better because I was like, oh, you're not going to be wonderfully rewarded, sir. No, you get it. But it's also kind of interesting because he's usually the Renfields are not slick and cool. They're usually a little awkward or like you're like, oh, you're kind of lame. But this guy like seems like a full legit like gangster. Do you know what I mean? Like like he feels like a very square real estate dude. Like, that's what he seems to me. And like, what's his deal? Like, he has some other dream in his head that he wants to be something else. Um, So he He wants to live forever. So he gets, uh, of course, who doesn't? Uh, So he gets Mm -hmm. Henny's crew. The idea is they're going to loot and rob every store that they see that's still open so that they will close and sell. And then also want to uh, get the key back and kill the children. So that is Henny's deal and he comes to bobby's window because he wants to rope bobby into this uh and there's this conflicting moment because at the moment where henny's at the window uh, miguel also calls on the phone and he's got to make this choice of which one he's going to go for but they both seem insane right his one friend's like come kill vampires with me and his other friend's like come rob people with me and you're like ah they're bad choices but you can't really say no to this gangster guy who's outside your window because he's old and he has guns and <laughs> you don't want to say no yeah yeah so but he makes a choice and he jumps out the window and he goes and joins his his friends who are at church because their mom and grandmother respectively have dragged them to church tonight because they need to get those ideas out of their head and the only thing that can save them is jesus but not a bad call because they need to get some supplies to fight these vampires and one of the supplies we talked about earlier is the holy water so they make a plan during mass like to go grab some holy water um, so they get into the sacristy, I believe it's called, or something, the sacristy, um, in the back of the church. Sorry, I'm not Catholic. Um, in the back of the church, and they um, see, uh, they see, find the little um, thing that has all the water in it, and they're like, oh, how do we get it? And they see the uh, 
Pastor's got some Sprite and some Dunkin' Donuts product placement right there. And they grab a Sprite bottle and they pour out the Sprite and they grab, put, they fill it with holy water. So they got a big liter bottles of, of Sprite. And then little, um, little uh, Luis has got uh, asthma. And so he, uh, or not asthma, diabetes. So he has all the things. So he's like, I got little blood sugar. So he's always got a little thing of like orange juice. So he pours out his orange juice and then he fills that with holy water as well. Um, and so they've got some supplies now, but they got to get out of there. And Rita runs into them <laughs> outside. Cause, and, then she, and it's like going to tell on yeah, them. She's like, what uh-huh. are you doing? Clearly you're not up to any good. Uh, so she, and they said, you know, if we're going to, we're going to tell you, you're not going to believe us. Um, and she's like, we're Haitian, man. My grandmother's been preparing me for this my entire life. Like, try me. I got it. <laughs> you're like, yeah. It's so true. I was like, it's so damn true. Like, it's, you know, you get certain stuff depending on your culture, background, like of like what boogeymans are out there. And it's, she's like, no, 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 I'm ready. Like, I know exactly what to do. Yeah. Every culture's got it, right? They're going to like scare you with some yes. overlooming <laughs> monster coming to get you uh, no matter what. Some boogeyman. Uh, yeah. So Bobby is now with Henny and like they tell him the plan and uh, we're going to we want you to your plan is to go find your friends because and he knows it doesn't sound good for his friends and they give him a gun and they're all going to go out and loot. And you're like, this is this is bad. This is going to get ugly. Um, and this is when Vivian, we already talked about this. Vivian visits the bodega no. and kills Tony. This is right where now. this is this where is we have our quote for our title for our episode because she comes into the bodega and is so sweet and she wants to make him some maple scones for the block party. Uh, and she, is that lame? And she's like, no, maple scones are dope. I'm like, well, you can't argue with that. He's trying to be so sweet with her because she's like and and like entrancing too. Like she's really sweet. She looks like a ray of like sunshine, beautifulness. She reminded me of and- Marion actually. Yeah, she's got that same kind of luminous quality about her. It just looks like a sweet angel. And you're just like, oh, you couldn't do anything bad. But she's a vampire. Vamp- Marion's not a vampire. We love you, Marion. <laughs> we don't think um, Marion's a vampire. <laughs> she's been beautiful forever, though. She has Wait, been. Oh. What? Hmm? She hasn't changed in like 10 years either. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, um, so but she also buys hummus. Like that's her random thing that she decides to buy because they all have to buy like some random thing in the bodega. And hers is hummus. So I was like, is it hummus with garlic? Oh, be careful. Oh, yeah. Um, I was like, is that going to be OK? I was like, is this proof that she's not? But no. Um, uh, Tony offers to give her a bag. He's like, you don't want to be carrying hummus around all willy nilly, basically. And he looks down to go grab a bag. But he's got, you know, as good bodega man does, he has a camera um, and he can check this. He sees the screen and she's not on the screen, just a floating thing of hummus. And he's like, oh, no. He finally realizes the kids were right. There are vampires in this freaking neighborhood and he better watch out. But he's already invited her in. And so she has a way to get back in mm-hmm. because he's already invited her into the place. Each vampire that's come into the bodega, he's been like, oh, come on in. He's always just really friendly. So uh, the kids are realizing that, too. They noticed that the first time that he had invited the other vampire in as well. So uh, Vivian comes uh, back in. So Tony knows what's up. But Vivian comes back in her vamp form and chomps him down. And that's R.I.P. Tony. Uh, so they come back. Kids come back the next day. And Tony's place is all boarded up. Like there's going to be something new in there. It's been sold. So they go to look in and they see what happened. And they see his his prized bat, his Sammy Sammy Sosa. The Sammy Sosa bat. That he prizes above everything all is just laying on the floor. And they're like, oh, well, that's not good. It's a little broken. Like he had a battle and his crucifix is laying on the floor, but he's gone. So they know that that's that's the end for him. 
So then we have um, the vampires. So now we, the kids are in this predicament where you have uh, the vampires are now after them. Uh, Henny's gang is now after them as well. So we're going to get this final like kind of warriors moment where the kids are able yeah, to Yeah, the trifecta. All the gangs. All the gangs coming together. Uh, but the kids. Rumble in the jungle. <laughs> the kids are able to, to sl- give the slip. So now we just have the gangsters and the vampires uh, facing one-on-one. And of course the gangsters think, no problem. We just shoot them and they're dead. Shoot them all they fall down and then just get right back up and just bite the fuck out of me. You're like, Oh, well yes. Vampires are going to win that battle. Yeah. They've been fighting a little longer than these guys have been, even though they thought they were hard, 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 but it was kind of fun to watch Henny's gang go down. Terrible. But, um, cause they just thought they could, were invincible as well, but no, you don't mess with vampires and get handsomely rewarded. Yeah. You get taken out. It's true. That's what happens, you know? So, um, and so, the kids come go to uh, Miguel's house, little mayor's house, and um, you know they run and then like, oh my gosh, they what is going on? They, they talk to Miguel's mom, and Miguel's mom is like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. But then Vivian shows up at the door, and the holy water starts uh, bubbling. Thank goodness they got the little bellwether, and she I also really can't seem to get into the house. Yeah, I really like mm-hmm. this. Her like really dancing right on the edge of the door frame, and she can't come in. She keeps making these comments to like make her want her invite her in. And finally, she's like, "Can I come in?" And they say no. And so she, the bubbling. So the thing about this, we have holy water that bo- they specifically boils whenever there's a vampire near. So they have a, a water balloon filled with holy water that is now boiling in your hand. Would that not be fucking scalding? Uh, I thought it was just. I don't know if it was boiling. I thought it was, oh, I thought it was just, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I'm not going to get into the semantics of that. I know. I, this Maybe. Is, this is this is the gritty details that I, my little brain. No, like, I love that. I didn't even think about that that hard. Honestly, I was just like, oh, like I thought it was just like gives you like, I didn't think of it as a boiling, even though it is boiling. I just thought it was like, it will, it's going to bubble, which I guess means boil. So. Uh, so they end up getting her holy water all over Vivian to get rid of her. And she says, we finally see her in her true form as Vivian Tyrell, firstborn of the Master Murnau, commander in the Vampire Expedition. Uh, and they're like, expedition? What expedition? The expedition to take over, basically. Vampire's time has come to rise. Uh, but then we find out, uh, since we had we'd never met, we didn't know who the mysterious commander was now, and now we know. Um, we've, her yep. get around here is that she buys Miguel's building. So now she is the rightful owner. So now she can come in to his building. Pretty snarky. That's why you have a Renfield who is a real estate agent and things can get done. Absolutely. Especially when you're trying to take over land and property. Uh, and this was like this, the saddest Renfield moment where he's like, so uh, um, when am I going to get the gift? And you're like, oh, no. Yeah, now that I've done all this for you and I've got you the property and there's nothing that's going to stop you. And she's like, dude, you asked. No, like you never, especially now that you're asking like a weakling. Like, and you're just like, oh, yeah. poor guy. You're never going to get the reward. You never get the gift. <laughs> Oh, but now um, that mom is on board, uh, Miguel's mom and everybody, like they all like are are ready to fight. Um, And the kids decide like they are going to take these vampires out. And I love this suit up montage that they have of getting all their stuff together, getting their hot water, their their holy water balloons. I'm grabbing garlic adobo as you would from your kitchen. Garlic adobo is fucking delicious. 
I know. I was like, that's one of the best. I was like, don't waste it. And of course, grandma's like about to reach for it, but it's like missing. And you're like, oh no, that food is not going to be as good without that garlic yep. adobo. Um, and Rita joins with them and um, they're they're getting ready and they suit up and they get ready to go out. And um, as they go to the nest, they land at the nest, but they are not where they were before. So they realize they've moved someplace else in the castle or the courthouse house. Um, and so they're walking around and as they head up, Rita's like, I you know, I, they decide to split up because she needs to go tell and warn the people at the block party that these vampires might be coming for them. Because they find um, a block party needs to get the priest in one of the coffins. So they know yep, that. So they know that the vampires are planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and Miguel, this is so cute. He gives that little speech, like, be like, go tell my mom that I love her. And like, I miss, I'm going to miss her. And like, basically he's saying his goodbye speech to pass on to Rita to get to his mom. But she's like, no, no, no. You're going to give that speech to her yourself. Like, don't be telling me these goodbyes right now. And don't also, don't, don't go in the room without me. As soon as she says that, you're like, oh, they're going to go in the room without her yeah. <laughs> and the father. She's, she's like, the they say they have like half an hour until sundown. There's no way she can go get everybody come back with the time. So they just go right into the room uh, and they're hanging from the ceiling a la Lost Boys. And they, uh, Miguel, this, this plan here is like you have them all in one room. You have fucked on of holy water and all of these other things. And like the, this plan is the worst plan, which is also what happens in Lost Boys, where you just go up and you stake one who wakes up and dies. And then everybody else is woken up. You're like, dudes, you could have had them all at once. What did you do? What are you doing? But you're also 12. So I give you a lot of leeway. And as one of the friends says, as they walk in and they see those them hanging as bats, he's like, we definitely dying today. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> it's so scary. <laughs> all those bats hanging um so now we have the big like kind of final battle here that goes on and they do actually prevail and like stake a good amount of them but they're still vivian the commander is still up and and about because she's one of the strongest so now we've got chase scenes with some of the other guys um as they battle off the final um guys so we have the our, the first vampire guy who um was the one who came to the bodega first to get the hand sanitizer. I love him with his chase with Luis and Luis is on his skateboard trying to get away and he ends up getting attacked by the guy, but he breaks his skateboard and turns his hat and ends up putting the skateboard into the vampire's mouth and the vampire breaks it. And now he's got a skate, a, a stake board oh, instead of a skateboard. That's very good. Terry applause. Thank you. I wrote it down. Thank you. I thought about it. That's so bad, but I really did. Anyway, I was like, oh, it's not a skateboard. It's a skateboard down. He kills that vamp. Um, my favorite. But then, uh, yeah. My favorite scene Go is, this, Your is favorite. Uh, this scene uh, with, so Frank Polidori shows up and he just got a straight up gun, right? Because he's human and he's, he can just shoot these kids and he wants to. His master just told him to. But Bobby comes up and gives him this big speech and is like, hey, this is great. Like nobody ever says this to the Renfield. I'm like, this is wonderful. Yeah. Like, you think you're going to be rich and immortal. Actually, you're the new guy. So you're going to be the new guy for fucking ever. You're going to be the kid brother. You're going to be the little bitch. What do you think? You're never going to be one of them. Like, what are you thinking? You're not going to join them and be part of their race. Like, they're just going to treat you like an asshole. So he's like, okay, you guys can go. Because it's true. And he but realizes it's, great. it's true. It's true. But it was also a parallel because that's Bobby having his realization that if he joins this gang as the little brother of the gang, it's the same problem. Do you know what I mean, though? So I like love. Of course, he has to be the one to give this speech because he's really facing that at that same moment and realizing, like, that's why he made the choice to go be with his friends and not join this gang and be their, like, bitch messenger boy because they're going to ask you to do things like kill people and do worse things than you want to do in order for some reward that's not actually a reward. Um, so I, I just love the juxtaposition in that moment. Um, and then uh, we get this like final kind of face off too, where um, we got Miguel and Bobby and the kids are um, stuck in this place uh, over by the bodega again too. But 
Vivian makes the mistake of calling the Bronx a shithole. And what you one thing you don't do as the Bronx is insult anybody or anything in the Bronx while you're in the Bronx because the whole neighborhood <laughs> rises up, get together, and comes for you. So um, this is the big face off. Everybody in the town now they've got Rita's got you know father, a father method man <laughs> with us, and he's got you know his big crucifix, and everybody's got a, some sort of stake or implement that they brought out, and they're about to battle uh, Vivian now, the super commander. Uh, so they have a big fight and they a lot of people are doing stupid things like just trying to jump on her or punch her. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's a vampire. Stop. Stop. Um, but she ends up getting. But they haven't t- studied as much as the kids did. I know. So. Well, I know these things. So when I look at it, I look, oh. uh, but they're like, oh, it's just a lady. I can just punch her. No, no, no. Uh, so fa- a method uh-uh. man comes up with his big crucifix and gives her in the forehead a la Salem's Lot slash Fight Fright Night, a crucifix forehead thing. Um, and then uh, we get the, the 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 final move where Miguel has a uh, broken the broken bat the so Sammy Sosa bat which the he's Sammy now, Sosa bat. now mm-hmm. using as like a jousting stick on a bike that he's just gonna like come for her and joust her in the chest. So- it's everything. It's the homage to everything right here. It's like kid on bike with baseball, like broken baseball bat as like weapon from his friend, lost friend to avenge the death and like also like show up for the Bronx. So it's like so many th- metaphors like in one little moment as he comes and stakes this crazy vampire lady um, and and kills her dead. So yay, yay Miguel, little mare. Little mare saves the day. And um, of course, the best, best line is you don't mess with the Bronx. All the kids are, you know, it's like, yeah, you don't. Um, and then Rita, like, kind of gives, like, Miguel, like, a little hug, like, and he tries to kiss her. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, Mm-mm. it's not like that. <laughs> and I love that because it could have, they could have made it weird and made her, like, it w- would have been awkward. And I'm just glad that they uh, kept it really sweet. Uh, um, and then we flash mm-hmm. forward to the block party. And then everybody in the Two Bronx later. having a good time. Uh so is all the- they do a block party during the day i noticed and it's vampire free they said that, i was like good that's job true. Kids. but then so is there all the there are other vampires are there not so like the people like tone like because i wasn't expecting when they bite zoe Saldana in the beginning i was like oh she'll come back as like a vampire like they're making like a vampire army but actually no they're not because they're the other people like tony never comes back as a vampire either so they're just killing them and eating them so then are there other vampires they just around? wanted are a they feeding gonna- ground so are they gonna but they're, they're making this giant like complex for for vampires right with all these coffins so are there other vampires mm-hmm. out there in the bronx now or are they planning to bring them in later have they wiped them out completely do they have anything to worry about well we'll find out maybe when they do a sequel okay. i feel like they're setting it up so they could easily either not do a sequel or definitely do a sequel do you know what i mean though with sure. how this ends um there could definitely be more coming um but the kids will be ready to fight so does the course. gentrification stop then have they stopped murnau properties or is it just going to continue these are questions I have. That's a good question. I'm just. I have that question too. I actually thought about that. I was like, well, yeah, they had that one pot out, but who knows if there's more that are going to try to rise up. And the thing about it too is like a big part of the conversation was like, yeah, we can take you all out. And they kept saying it over and over throughout the film. Like we, the thing is no one's going to miss you people. Mm-hmm. Like you all go missing and no one cares because you're here in the Bronx. So it's like, do people, once people wake up, you know, and realize what's going on there, will it stop? Will that be enough? So that is the question. And I think maybe they leave it open-ended because that it's still a very open-ended question right now mm-hmm. as as neighborhoods are changing, um, as people get priced out and, and pushed over. Um, what what do we all do? What do people do? 
How can they keep their communities together? These are questions. Big old questions for the world. Yeah. So let's go on. So do we want to get into yes. yeah, gore factor, gore factor and all that kind of good stuff? Uh, one, not mm-hmm. enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, a bathtub of blood. And five is run for the barf bag. We give this movie a two for gore, a puddle of blood. Not a yeah, gory It's not super movie. gory. It's a. It's just, it's fun though, That's but not okay. a lot of gore. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we love that. That's it's always okay. There's some of our favorite movies have none. Um, movie ratings are just really intense. Um, Chainsaws, one if you're desperate. Two barely qualifies as a horror film. Three seen worse, seen better. Four not too shabby, and five fantastical. Um, I give this film a four. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. I um, wouldn't mind more more craziness, but I like that. I felt like I could watch this with my friends' kids, and they'd be down to like learn about vampires. And I felt like it's one that you can kind of watch with the family and feel really good about it. Um, I liked it. I gave it a three, seen worse, seen better. I kind of expected a little bit more from it, to be honest. I, I feel like a lot of Netflix's new stuff is like super, super witty and on point. And I felt like this was not, it was almost there and it wasn't quite there for me. Um, although I right. enjoyed a lot of the references, they also felt a little heavy handed at some points of like where they were really pushing it in your face. And I was like, eh, okay. I really love the diverse casting. Awesome. I love that the white lady is the bad guy. Awesome. Um, but I, I guess I expected, especially because they're really like, it's kind of a slow build and you're getting to like what I'm expecting is like vampires versus the fucking Bronx, like a warriors type crazy fucking battle. And we didn't really get it. You know, we got like a little like. You don't you get, get the full Bronx. Yeah, you get like 20 people. It's like a corner of the Bronx. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I want a big fucking battle. That's what I was expecting when you give me this title. Um, and I didn't really get that. So I enjoyed it, but I wasn't like blown away by it. Um, so next you. week. All right. We are going to shift gears completely here uh, and go into a movie that I really enjoy. And I saw it in the theaters and I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, it is Session 9. And you haven't seen this one, right, Terry? Yeah. I have not. It looks really scary. Uh, and it looks like mm-hmm. I feel like it's about psychiatry or something. And anything that we deal with, like, psychiatry stuff always creeps me the hell out. I don't know why. Just old-timey psychiatry stuff is just, like, the stuff we did, uh, stuff we do. I don't know. It, it's yeah. wild. So I'm I'm very curious to see it. Um, I'm I'm hoping maybe I can hold your hand and we can <laughs> go through it. Um, and we'll figure it out. Um, we love you guys so much. Thank you for joining us. Um, for those of you who stayed this long, check out our Patreon. Come, come subscribe. You can get episodes early. Um, follow us rate us on the on, on whatever platform you're listening to um, you can follow us on the twitter the facebook the instagram we're all over um, and just keep joining us on the journey we're so happy you're here and joined us today um, we'll see you next week for session nine yes we will see you then Wahaha.